0: Welcome to the Art of Humanity with Jessica Ann. Listen for fresh perspectives with artists, leaders, authors, and entrepreneurs. Explore creativity and consciousness. Evolve your business with the Art of Humanity. Now, here's your host, Jessica Ann.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Art of Humanity, where we explore creativity and consciousness to allow you and your business to evolve. Today, I'm so thrilled to have with me international yoga instructor, Tina Bach. Tina teaches Ashtanga-based yoga, encouraging her students to play, to have fun, and approach yoga with a light heart. She's taught kids yoga and also has taught yoga in some of New Jersey's top yoga studios, gyms, and preschools. Tina currently lives in Abu Dhabi with her husband, where she teaches at the first hot yoga studio there called The Hot House. She also teaches at the New York University in Abu Dhabi and also runs frequent workshops. Thank you so much for joining me today, Tina.
0: Anytime. I'm really excited.
1: So, Tina, you grew up in the Jersey area. And the last time I saw you, we were drinking a beer together down the street from where I live in Asbury Park. Yep. (laughs) How are you enjoying being back in your motherland of New Jersey?
0: Uh, I love it. I mean, I just miss New Jersey, you know. It's everything you need. You have the beach and mountains in the city so it's just nice to be home I'm you know seeing a lot of friends and family and just trying to do as much as I can while I'm here and also teaching a few workshops here and there which is nice um yeah and then I'm actually off to Colorado on Thursday I have a cousin who lives out there so I'm gonna visit him I'm really excited I've never been out there and then my husband has family in Minnesota so then I'll go there and I'll meet him um and then August I'll go back to Abu Dhabi so, very nice. I'm excited to be here.
1: Awesome. So, what part of
0: Colorado are you traveling to? Um, I'm going to Denver. I'm really excited. I've never been. I'm. I mean, I'm really excited to see my cousin, but I'm. I'm also so excited to just do yoga there. There are just so many studios. I actually was on before, just like on Google Maps, searching all the yoga studios around his apartment. And I'm just like really excited. Just gonna spend my days doing yoga. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, Denver is beautiful. One of my really good friends lives there and the hiking, if you're into mountains, the hiking there is incredible too. Yeah,
0: I actually went to the Columbia Outlet in um Ocean the other day and I got new hiking shoes, so
1: I'm really excited. Oh, there's a Columbia Outlet here?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um it's not great. I really wanted boots, but they didn't have boots, but I got really waterproof sneakers and they were like 50 or 60% off or something. So I paid like 50 bucks for them.
1: No way. Okay. I know that you've lived here, you grew up here and then you moved away. Do you appreciate it a lot more now that you've kind of been away and you can come back? I really do. Um,
0: it's, it's funny the things you think you would never miss, but you really miss. And even just the weather, I mean, I I missed the winter this year, totally missed it, but like you know, I kind of miss like snow and thinking back I'm like, oh, like I didn't really have a winter this year, but I do miss the snow and the mountains and just the greenery all around you know New Jersey's so green, people don't really realize, but um now that I'm in Abu Dhabi, you know, I live in the desert, so we don't have as much nature and um just clean air, I guess that's really nice, and also you know just being with familiar people, friends and family, and being comfortable where you are so.
1: Yeah, and friends and family, I'm sure are such a huge part of your lifestyle here in Jersey. Can you tell me a little bit more about how old were you when you got into yoga and what drew you to it in the first place?
0: Sure. Yeah, actually my dad had been practicing yoga for as long as I can remember, and I I remember in high school like thinking, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool, but I was not into it anything my parents were doing in high school. So, um, (laughs) I really, I went to Ramapo college, um, up in Mawa and there was a yoga club there. So I joined with one of my friends and we did it like every once in a while. And I really liked it. I was also a dancer. I was on the dance team in college. So that was like more of what I was really into. Um, and I had a radio show, so I was just doing a million things. And then it wasn't until I graduated. I graduated in 2010. I, went to Unique in Denville because it was close to where my mom was living. So I moved home for a little bit. Um, and I just like, really was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do yoga every day. So then I started doing yoga every day
1: and yeah, here I am now. <laughs> Wait, so go back to something that you said yeah, a second ago. You casually mentioned that you had a radio show. Yeah. Tell me more about that. WRPR.
0: Okay. Uh, my friend Rob and I actually... Rob's band plays a lot in Asbury Park. If you know there's anyone listening that lives in Asbury, uh, they're called Goodbye Tiger. They're awesome. So Rob's a good friend of mine, and we had a radio show on Friday nights called the Friday Night Shakedown. I don't really know if anyone listened to it because <laughs> Rob Hole Radio doesn't really go very far, but um, you could watch it on your TV in the dorm rooms. So sometimes I know at least my friends would put it on, you know, every once in a while.
1: <laughs> awesome. So did you study like communications and stuff when you were in college? Because I-
0: Yeah. I studied music industry actually. Um, and I worked right after college. I worked for, you know, I interned for a company on governor's Island that did, um, concert production. Like they did concerts out there. So I did a lot of production work and I, I liked it, but like, I wasn't really finding work that would pay enough to keep commuting to the city. So I was just still teaching out my part-time job in college, which was at, um, my gym. So I think there's it's kind of like a little gym. It's like a gym for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked there for four years and then I ended up like being full time after school. And then I was director and, um, I loved it. It was awesome. We did like fitness classes for kids all day long, like mommy and me classes. Um, and yeah, okay. I really loved it, but I was practicing yoga the whole time. So that's, I guess that's what kind of like made me decide to start teaching yoga because I was already teaching kids and I really wanted to just keep teaching something I loved.
1: Yeah. Was there like one like aha moment where you're just like, I have to do this for the rest of my life?
0: You know, I don't know if there was a specific moment. I think there had just been a lot of signs. Every time I went to a class, you know, I just felt inspired to want to do my own and make my own sequencing. And, um, you know, teach people. And I started teaching the kids at work, like at work yoga. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's just so inspiring, like to see people learn
1: and actually fall in love with it. Um, yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and that's something that you did. So you taught kids yoga first and then you got inspired to go to India and do a yoga teacher training so you can teach adults. What made you transition from kids yoga to teaching adult yoga?
0: Um, you know, I really, I actually still teach kids yoga, so, um, I think I really just wanted to change. I was doing full time with kids and it's a lot, you know, (laughs) um, I, and I love teaching kids, but I think I wanted to just focus more on, um, yoga for everyone and being able to teach everyone I knew. (laughs) Do you teach all different ages? Um, mostly I teach the classes that we have at actually, um, my studio in Abu Dhabi, we do I like to start them at like three and a half. At least if they're potty trained and they can be by themselves, you know. Um so mm-hmm. we'll have a group like three and a half to five and then maybe like the five to seven and then preteens and even like teenagers and stuff, you know, pretty much all ages, but really, really little ones. Um we do mommy and me
1: yoga. So the babies are with the mommies. Mm-hmm. So actually really every age. <laughs> Awesome. And you currently live in Abu Dhabi, which is a pretty interesting place to live. I'm curious, what brought you to Abu Dhabi in the first place? So
0: um, I had been living in Montreal before this last year with my husband. He's Canadian. He works for, Bombardier, or he was working for Bombardier. They're a company that makes airplane simulators. Um, sorry, not airplane simulators, airplane that was his job before um airplane parts <laughs> um and he just got poached on linkedin by etihad airways and they asked him if he wanted to go and work for them and or at least go interview and we were like yeah why not let's do it so we we did our research and you know it's a really good job and we just you know decided to go there for a few years
1: <laughs> that's awesome i can't imagine that it's easy to live there with the weather and the desert and what are some of the subtle differences or challenges that you face while living there and teaching yoga?
0: Um, Well, definitely, definitely. I mean, yoga in the U.S. is quite different than most parts of the world. I mean, in even New Jersey, New York City, you know, we were talking about Denver. There are plenty of gyms and studios that are doing yoga now because it's such a trend here and there's a lot of work really in Abu Dhabi. We have, um, one yoga, one hot yoga studio. It's a Bikram based studio though. And I don't teach Bikram. So we, there's a few other teachers who are teaching other classes. Um, I'm teaching vinyasa and then the kids yoga and Ashtanga there. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also a girl doing moksha yoga and I think some other forms too, but, um, it's mostly Bikram based. So you get kind of like a different student than I had been used to in Montreal and in New Jersey.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and yeah, so there are, there's another studio also that I teach at, but it's also Pilates and dance and a bunch of other things. So there aren't as many group classes available for people. So a lot of people do private lessons. So my normal week is like, 10 private lessons or something, and then maybe, I don't know, five or so group classes. Um, Whereas before, I was doing just mostly group classes all the time at gyms and studios and here and here and here. So uh, definitely very different in that sense.
1: And is there something that you like better about teaching private classes more so than group classes or vice versa?
0: Um, It's funny. Actually, when I started teaching yoga, I was always super nervous to do privates. I Really hated doing them. Um, I like just being in front of people and kind of being able to get lost in the class, um, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But now I really prefer the private lessons because I can really work with someone and help them one on one. I mean, just the differences that I see in my students, especially you know, if you have a consistent student who's two or three times a week, it it's really amazing to see how this practice can improve anyone's lifestyle, and it's really accessible for anyone.
1: So you're saying that over the years you got more used to just going one-on-one with someone, and it just didn't happen instantly. When you became an instructor, it kind of took time to gradually build into teaching private lessons?
0: Yeah. I mean, it was definitely when I moved to Abu Dhabi, because when I was teaching in New Jersey and Montreal, I had maybe one or two private classes a week. Um, Really not that many at all, and now that's kind of my main focus, um, besides the teacher trainings and workshops, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, so yeah, I think it was just that I would, I had to be exposed to it. I mean, it's, it's a lot different there. There are a lot of people who want privates and who can actually pay for private lessons. So, um, yeah, it's really a demand. I actually deny people all the time because I just don't have enough time. And, you know, a lot of times I'm not around to do all these lessons. Um, So I think it was just kind of that I had to get immersed in it. But now I, I don't know. I love it. (laughs) I love doing the private lessons.
1: Yeah. You really want to kind of practice what you preach. You can't be a stressed out yoga teacher. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of good that you kind of say no to people. So... You've gotten your yoga certification in India. Can yeah. you describe what that was like going over there and getting certified?
0: Yeah. So I went over to India in uh twenty twelve. So um it'd be like three and a half years ago now. Awesome, um, cool. Yeah. I just kind of I had a friend actually actually, okay, so there was a there is an India study abroad group at Ramapo, and I, I really wanted to go, and I just decided not to do it because, I don't know, India was just really interesting to me um, that I had seen that study abroad post, and I said, oh, like, India. I never mm-hmm. thought about going there. And I had a friend who went and just loved it, and I had another friend who went to India to do his yoga certification, and he just really convinced me that, like, I should just go there and do it. And I was also looking at money. Money-wise, it was – gonna cost me the same to fly out there and do it out there than it would for me to do one in New Jersey mm-hmm. um, so you know I mean things are just cheaper over there yeah for sure so I just you know I just decided all right I'm gonna go Um, my dad was not happy <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're going alone so I was like yeah I'm just you know I filled a backpack and I went to India by myself but I I was really safe about it the first time I went you know I just went I had a taxi pick me up from the school, from the the, um, teacher training school that I went. And I just went right there. And um, yeah, it was all pretty good. I mean, there were definitely some ups and downs traveling for my first time that far. But I think for the most part, I'm really glad I did it. Um, Definitely took away my fear of doing anything like that. And now I've been back three times to India. So I'm hoping to go again this year and every year for as long as I can go. That's awesome
1: that you did it, and you keep going back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now from Abu Dhabi, it's a four-hour flight, so it's uh, pretty easy to get there. So I'll definitely be going again.
1: I want to go to India so bad. What What is your favorite part of that country, and, and what do you look forward to most when you visit?
0: Um, my first school was in Goa, which is south uh, southwest India, but not all the way south. Um, all the way south is Kerala, which is somewhere I... Really would love to go. Um, mm-hmm. It's supposed to be beautiful, but Goa is really nice. It's on the beach, you know. It's there are just a lot of tourists there and a lot of things to do. So I really, really enjoyed that. But now I've been studying in Mysore, which is um, where the Patabi Joyce Ashtanga Yoga Institute is, which is the school that I study at. Um, it's about four hour. It's about four hour drive in a taxi from the Bangalore airport. So it's southwest, but kind of central. Like there. Are, aren't any beaches around. It's definitely not as pretty as Goa. But um just being in the town in Mysore, knowing that pretty much every tourist there is there just to do yoga is pretty awesome because it's really um besides the local people who live there, really the tourists are people doing Ashanga yoga, which is really nice. And you know, you just meet so many people and it's just a really nice community. I definitely recommend that like anyone to study there if they're interested in Ashanga. It's the best place ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to get over there one of these days. Yeah, you practice Ashtanga yoga, and you mentioned earlier that you don't typically practice anything like Bikram or some other types of yoga. Why did you choose Ashtanga as your style?
0: You know, I've always been a really um, physical person, and I think that that has mostly what to do with my Ashtanga practice. I mean, I practice vinyasa vinyasa flow for a really long time. And then I was introduced to Ashanga when I was living in Montreal. Um, There are a bunch of really great Ashanga teachers up there, um, mostly Mark and uh, Joan Darby. They have a studio and they have teachers from their studio. So I really didn't know about it until I moved there. And then I started traveling a lot and taking a lot of classes in different places. And I realized that when you do teach, when you do take in this shangha class, you at least know what you're doing. And, um, the practice is consistent, whereas a lot of other styles are here and there. And I kind of like consistency and I like having, um, rules for myself for what I need to practice and, you know, which poses I can do and I can't do. And, um, it also becomes sort of a meditation when you kind of know the sequence that you're going to do and you, do it fully. So you don't have much to think about. You can just think about your breath and your body rather than anything else going on.
1: So you're operating like almost exclusively in your body. And and when the meditative state takes over, you're totally not in your mind anymore. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is a moving meditation, especially if you practice consistently and you know what you're going to do and how long and you know what the next step is. It's really, it's really a way to just get lost in your mind, which I,
1: which I love. Yeah. I love that too. Do you do meditation as part of your yoga practice?
0: Um, I do. I definitely do. In Ashtanga, we at least at the end of practice, at least try to meditate for me. I mean, five minutes is like a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, I definitely do meditation. Um, you know, seated meditation. But for the most part, my meditation is really just my Ashtanga practice. Um, Like I said before, it's kind of a really nice way for me to just get lost in my mind and um, work on that. But there is a lot of pranayama, too, that we practice in Ashtanga. Um, It's always at the end of your sequence. So yeah, I mean, every practice always ends with a little seated
1: meditation, which is great. You mentioned pranayama. Can you describe what that is to listeners who might not know what that is?
0: Yeah, sure. So um, in yoga, lots of different styles of yoga. um, But all of them at least include pranayama, which just means um, your breath work. So prana is a life force. um, And breath is a life force. So pranayama is the practice of breathing consciously. So we have a main breath in Ashtanga. It's your ujjayi breath. So you only breathe in and out through your nose. And it's a loud breath. And every posture you do is linked to the breath. So for instance, you always inhale when you're coming up out of something and you always exhale when you're going down into something. Um, Every pose and every movement has a specific breath. So even if you're just seated, you have a breath there. So yeah, it's really, I mean, and there are also different forms of pranayama, like you have alternate nostril breathing, which is where you kind of plug up one nostril and then go into the next one. And that really helps with sinuses if you have a sinus infection or something. And then there's breath that'll help with your abdominals and your inner, um, internal heat. Like we have Kapalabhati, so it's like breath of fire. So you breathe super fast and it, it really engages your abdominal muscles. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, a ton. I mean, there's one where you cover your ears and your eyes and you hum like a hummingbird. I mean, um, yeah, definitely
1: something to look into if you've never, um, if you've never tried it. (laughs) I'm always blown away by the workout you can get just by breathing. I mean, you're literally just yeah. sitting there and doing these pranayama, deep breathing techniques, right. and you like for e- even if you only do it for a few minutes, you come away and you're like, "Wow, I just had the best workout of my life!" <laughs> right.
0: right? It's amazing.
1: It's so cool. Speaking of changing your energies and just evolving and stuff, yoga is really the practice of undergoing transition and constant translation. And you want to be flexible in your mind as well as being flexible in your body. So other than breathing techniques and yoga, how do you make sure that your practice constantly evolves uh, physically, mentally, and spiritually?
0: Um, Well, I always try to be the student. I think as a teacher, a lot of times teachers just kind of get stuck in their teaching. Um, Mm -hmm. This is why I... Keep saying I want to go back to India every year because I'm. I constantly, you know, I'm a teacher, but I'm first a student. I need to learn. Like I, there's so much that I have yet to know about this practice and about what it can do for me and for other people. So I think definitely just always learning, doing workshops, learning from senior teachers, traveling to study. I think that's just probably the most important thing for me right now.
1: I love how you answered that. That's so important because that's what freaked me out the most when I became a yoga teacher yoga is such an ancient tradition how am I supposed to know everything that is involved in yoga when you're the teacher and
0: And you you never will you know like there's no way we can know everything but we can try
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and I, I love that because even if you are a teacher and even if you've been teaching for years you should always just keep that beginner's mindset and always keep learning so you can evolve
0: yeah I agree definitely
1: it's so easy to denounce the modernization of yoga as a commercially exploitative to ancient tradition. And I know that here in the West, we make yoga seem so pretty and fancy with yoga clothes and such. And I'm really curious, as someone who has practiced and studied in the East, what are your thoughts on how the West approaches yoga? You know, I think
0: there are a lot of people who can speak negatively towards this. I don't really think I can speak negatively about anything that promotes practicing yoga. Um, Mm -hmm. I know there are, you know, especially uh, we have Instagram, which is such a big um, exploitation of yoga. But I mean, it's also really encouraging everyone in the world to do it. So I mean, I love that I have the act, like the ability to go to India and study, um, in these traditions. But then I also love being home and, you know, being able to take a sweaty, hot yoga class where Justin Timberlake is playing and, you know, everyone's talking and laughing. It's, Mm -hmm. it's definitely different, but I wouldn't say that it's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, as long as people who are really trying to preach and teach about this tradition, as long as they learn and appreciate the tradition I think that you know trying to share it isn't isn't the worst thing that we could be sharing in the world
1: (laughs) oh I totally agree with you it's it's great I love that so many people are really becoming more aware of the importance of yoga and really allowing themselves to enjoy the experience of practicing it it's just so powerful and it's a deeply spiritual practice for many people do you see yoga as spiritual practice for yourself or, or do you prefer the more physical challenge to it?
0: Um, I mean, definitely both. I, I, I think yoga has definitely involved me spiritually and um, mentally, and and obviously physically. Um, but I think the combination of the two is what really draws me into yoga, and what I think is really important about it. So, you know, to make sure that it's not just about being physical. It's also, you know, there are so many things that there are so many limbs to yoga, actually things uh, like him says, ahimsa. just in your daily life, like, you know, not being violent towards people and not being violent towards yourself. So not thinking negatively about myself today and not hurting myself and then not thinking negatively about someone else, not hurting them. So, yeah, so many, so many things you can get into with yoga being spiritual. I mean, it's it's just endless. It's just, you know, why not? Why shouldn't everyone practice?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Do you practice yoga every day? Or do you find that the main characteristics of a strong yoga practice means practicing every day? Or do you feel that maybe shifting your mindset to more doing yoga more off the mat than on it benefits humanity more than just having a strong physical practice?
0: Um, I I definitely think that practicing off the mat daily is important um, for everyone, just to keep in mind, you know, um, what yoga really is all about. And, what we can do outside of our asana practice. Um, but doing an asana practice, I try to do six days a week. Um, a lot of times it's five days a week. Sometimes it's four, you know, Mm -hmm. um, there's always a difference in my practice too. You know, I could practice for two hours or I could practice for 45 minutes. It, I guess it just depends on the day. Um, we have like, some rules in ashtanga for practicing. We don't practice on moon days and we don't practice if we're menstruating. And also one day a week at least off. So usually it's a Saturday. So Saturdays are always not practicing for ashtangis, but um I'm not too strict in my practice. I I do try to practice 6 days a week, but
1: Yeah, that's that's a lot. Why don't you practice on moon days? That's part of the ashtanga philosophy?
0: Yeah. Um so the full moon is supposed to give you more energy so your body is um more energetic and you're more likely to get injured that way um mm-hmm. same is with the new moon it sucks your energy out um and that makes you more tired which also makes you more susceptible uh to injury so a lot of ashtanga is a self-practice but if you are practicing at a studio they they will be closed on Mondays
1: no way that's yeah. so cool yeah <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I love how they approach that. They just listen to nature and they're like, "Nope, it's a moon day. We're not going to yeah. we're not going to run." Day <laughs> yeah, off. Day off.
0: <laughs> you can Google search it too, like Ashtanga moon days and somewhere we'll have a list of like twice a month where they're closed.
1: That's definitely something that the east does differently than the west, for sure. Mhm. I like that. I mean, that would be fun if if we started approaching and listening more to nature over here, I think that that would really benefit us a lot over here as well. Yeah, definitely. So you're teaching a training in Nicaragua this fall. You're actually leaving it. What are you most excited about with this upcoming teacher training?
0: Uh, I'm so excited. I'm nervous, too. I mean, I'm definitely really excited to explore Nicaragua. I've never been to Central America. Um, And my business partner and the other teacher, Sam, she's awesome. So I'm really excited to um, you know, teach and even learn from her and just learn from everyone. We have 15 students coming. Um, we have one spot left. Actually, we had like a last minute cancellation. So we have one spot left if anyone's interested. Um, but yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm excited to be really immersed in this and to teach people for a month long and to certify them to teach other people. So
1: so exciting. So where can listeners find you if they want to sign up for your training in Nicaragua or if they just want to follow you online? Where can people find you online? So our teacher training school is called Bodhi Yoga Academy.
0: So it's B-O-D-H-I-Yoga Academy.com, and we are the same on Facebook and Instagram. And then my personal page is Tina or or Tina Bach on Instagram, Tina Bach Yoga on Facebook. So, yep, all over there. We have a training in Thailand in February, and I'll be doing some workshops um, around in the meantime. So,
1: Check her out. Her Instagram feed is super inspiring. She's at Tina Bach, B-O-C-K, and she's an awesome yogi and awesome person. Thank you so much for joining me, Tina. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Give it up for Tina Bach. If you guys are enjoying this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on the iTunes store.
0: Thanks for listening to the art of humanity. Please follow us on Twitter at it's Jessica Ann. join us next week with your host, Jessica Ann. evolve your business with the art of humanity.